หาโทสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสนะโมทัสสะภะคะวะโทอาราหะโทสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสนะโมทัสสะภะคะวะโทอาราหะโทสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะอาภารุชาเดสังมัตสัทวราเยสุรวันทาบมุนจันทุสัตัง
like that, trying to make it right. <laughs> Cooperating with. <clears throat> but in, in contemplating the life of a of a samana, uh, then we, if you notice, we we we're not. It's, the emphasis is on what's wrong, but uh, noting what is good, what is wholesome, what is uh, um, right in terms of our own uh, experience, the things around us. We dwell on the on on the say the the four requisites, not that the, just to feel this gratitude for thing, the, the requisites, the basic things needed for survival that are given, uh, or on the opportunity to take the precepts, or to uh, become a monk or a nun, or to uh, what having, we feel gratitude to the Buddha for having uh, shared his enlightenment and left a um, convention that we can still use. So we, what's right about Amravati, what's good about Amravati, uh, emphasizing this is, is, a, is, a, is a way of a samana rather than, than uh, complaining about what we don't like about it. Or about the different uh, teachers, ajans, uh, monks, the nuns, and so forth. What, what, what do we? What is good about it? Emphasizing the good it doesn't mean uh, that we're becoming goody-goody, but it, I think it is a very necessary thing to to train ourselves to feel grateful for what what is good in our lives, rather than become obsessed with the things that are wrong or not so good. Or about yourself. We, we do the same with ourselves. We tend to, to make such a, an enormous, uh, we're so concerned about what's wrong or our faults uh, that uh, sometimes we aren't even aware of what our own goodness, what's good about it. We can, uh, living here in Britain, we can, people em emphasize what's wrong here, things that they don't like, and uh, not give much attention to what, what is good. The critical mind, isn't it? It's a, they, we can, why, why, I've asked myself, why do I, take the thing that's wrong and kind of uh, become obsessed with it. I mean, I'm, I do that, just like anyone else. Why do I take what, what isn't right or what's wrong or what's slightly off and uh, just make a, a big thing out of it, an issue? I realize my mind's conditioned to do that, that uh, the that um, I wasn't brought up in a society that that uh, that really um, 
uh, encouraged us to be, say, grat- grateful or be content. Is society always based on competition, on trying to improve, make things better, because the way they are now isn't good enough. Uh, last year's model is not as good as the new, improved version. Uh, we've got to always try to improve our status or increase our income or, or better ourselves in some way. A, a higher standard of living. To be content with, with a low standard of living is not encouraged in the capitalist system. So the this the world we live in is like this. It the uh, we 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 become obsessed with what's wrong. We do this in say with uh, also in our kind of racial biases and ethnic preferences and all that based on what's wrong with somebody and what we don't like about the French or what we don't like about the Germans or what we don't like about the uh, uh, Africans or so on and so forth. Like we, we make so much uh, of what, what is different, what is irritates or what doesn't agree with us. Devotional practices then are are the are the reverse of that, isn't it? Like we're uh, when we develop, say, devotion, we're dwelling, we're expressing gratitude, uh, the sense of of appreciation, of of joy, of happiness for what for the good things that are that we have in our lives, our good qualities. The goodness of our parents, uh, the goodness of our friends, of the sangha, of the society we live in. So this brings a joyfulness to life. When you think of your own goodness, uh, I used to think if I thought of my own goodness, I'd get, I'd, I'd get a big ego. You know, so you, there's this kind of false assumption, this kind of pseudo humility that that uh, some people subscribe to by thinking that admitting all your faults means you're being honest then like on these uh, programs uh, that I hear about on television these talk shows where somebody gets uh, they oh, they never tell they don't invite people to tell them about what's good they can invite tell people to confess their faults right now they Obsessed with President Clinton's faults, what he does wrong, and then the press, and you know. <laughs> and, uh, and you see it here in Britain. Uh, the, the Tories are just so eager to jump on Tony Blair any chance they can. Just they see he's wrong, no good. <laughs> uh, anything you can you can get, you know, that proof. Humanity itself, being a human being. What is what is the good thing of being a human being, rather than just saying uh, we're all just a bunch of consumers, a greedy, selfish, 
uh, creatures that are polluting the planet. That's one way of looking. Humanity is basically greedy and selfish. That's looking at at what's wrong with humanity. And then then making a categorical statement about nature of humanity through what's wrong with it, through its faults. But what's, what's good about humanity? So we start thinking about what's good about being human or about all human beings. And what do we share in our goodness and not in terms of... Uh, which isn't racial or ethnic, but what is basically good in uh, in, in humanity that we can um, bring into our consciousness to feel an increasing respect and and a gratitude for our or for our own humanity that we share with with the with the other human beings. Well, like these uh, uh, feminist movements or men's movements or things like this where, where men can dwell on what's wrong with women or women can dwell on what's wrong with men. Get into these positions. Well, men are like this, women are like that. Usually taking the, the, the uh, faults and and uh, making a categorical judgment about nature of masculinity or femininity. And we think, what is good? What is the what is the good thing about being male or female? So we're we're bringing into you know, our consciousness uh, the way things are. We're not trying to convince ourselves of something that's not true, or just just live in a world of uh, that is. Just trying to be positive and, uh, as, as, a, as, a, as a way of rejecting and, and ignoring the, what's wrong and what's negative. It's not, we're not doing it in order to increase our stupidity, but to, to be able to see and know things as they are. Because basically in terms of reflect on myself, even though I have faults and weaknesses, basically I'm a good person. I love the good, I want to be good, I want to be honest and truthful. I don't want to harm people or creatures. And, and it doesn't mean I don't harm, but it, my intention is good. I like to be generous, uh, so forth. I have times I have a tendency to take the side of the underdog and the, the feels that you know. Always had a longing to go and work in the slums, help the poor, and uh, dedicate my life to noble causes and and uh, good things. And yet I have another side too that isn't like that that can be quite selfish and insensitive and, and just, uh, you know, seek distractions and pleasures just to, uh, in, a, in a heedless and selfish way. Or a kind of laziness. Not wanting to be bothered. Think that kind of thing. 
But if I take that as, as the summation of my character, then I'm missing out on what is really, what is, what I'd rather emphasize and, and cultivate than, than uh, be uh, kind of settle for, for the other, for the, the negative version, as if that was being somehow very honest and truthful. So in um, practice, in, in Thailand, for example, uh, one of the practices is to recollect the good things of your life, your own goodness, the good things you've done. To be able to have this sense of, uh, to really... Uh, to respect yourself, to have this self-respect, this goodness that that we can respect, our intention, our love of the good, the, the true and the beautiful. Panya is the ability to discern. And so uh, discernment is isn't is it being critical? We're not saying this is better than that, and and, and uh, getting caught up in just um, preferring this over that, or liking this better than that. But discernment through wisdom and the ability to know things as they are, to know the good is the good and the bad is the bad, but not to to hate the bad and become attached to the good. But to be able to relate to uh, the conditioned realm with wisdom, with compassion, as we they free ourselves from the delusions uh, of our uh, conditioning. Taking wisdom to its ultimate, uh, discerning the, the real from the unreal, What is what is real? What is reality, and what is illusion? So, in meditation, the you know the vipassana meditation is developing that uh, that discernment to know that all conditions are. Impermanence of Pesankarani Cha. The discerning, actually, it is not not operating from grasping the view, but in 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 uh, insightfully observing the the nature of sankaras, uh, because sankara is a is a category, all conditioned phenomena, that includes the body, the feelings, the perceptions, the uh, common formations, the uh, consciousness, all that we see, hear, smell, taste, touch, think, feel. All sankaras are impermanent. They, the, it's a, a way of of noting sankara as sankara without 
getting lost in the quality or, uh, of the of the sankara. Because the sankaras are, in, are infinitely variable. They're good, bad, right, wrong, high, low, male, female, black and white, and red and blue, and on and on like that. So, uh, all sankaras uh, are impermanent. So in that way, just by recognizing the, the impermanence of conditions, then we are, we're not judging, but it helps us to, to detach, to let go, to not uh, delude ourselves with the conditioned world that we live in. Because if we don't do this, we don't discern, we don't uh, see things as they are, then we tend to be always lost in the, in the, in the realm of the Sankaras all the time you know, trying to get this or get rid of that or change this or make this better or blame somebody or with all these endless struggle of, of uh, trying to control, manipulate and, and that in the, in the realm of the, the condition. To discern, to know the unconditioned. So that also is the is is the uh, ultimate in is the enlightenment of the human mind, where you you're freeing yourself from identity with the changing conditions of the body and mind. Letting go of your uh, of the habit of identity with the habits of attachment to the condition, and realizing non-attachment. So, like when we use the word nibbana, the realization, the reality of non-attachment. Because with mindfulness, isn't it, you have the ability to observe attachment and non-attachment. In the moment now, here and now, as you, as you practice and you pay attention, listen and pay attention in the present, then you, you, you're increasingly aware of, it, of what you're attached to. Attachment is like this. In the long retreats, you can oftentimes get really a good insight into attachment, always trying to get something, get somewhere, wanting some some refined state of samadhi, wanting to have views in, views of, attached to views about practice and attached to various uh, things of, that you that you believe in and so forth. Wanting to get rid of things, wanting to, um, always wanting to get rid of the the uh, the bad and hold on to the good. So attachment or upadana, grasping, clinging is like is it's always this kind of 
fraught feeling, you know, this unsettledness and tension that we create through attachment, through upadana. Though when we, though that's the dukkha of the first noble truth, the suffering, but when we recognize this, admit it and see it, then we let go. We, we, uh, we, we have that insight into letting go. And then realizing non-attachment, non-attachment is peaceful. That when when there's non-attachment, then it's nibbana is peaceful. I'm talking about nibbana. We think of it as a kind of realm, you know, nibbana is some kind of peaceful realm that we kind of float into, maybe a kind of blissful state of peace, but. It, that don't 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 wait for that to happen because that won't. But you will, or if it does, it won't. You can't sustain it. Some kind of a high state of of uh, bliss. But you can integrate non-attachment more and more. You you realize how to live within the uh, limitations of our human state and being able to respond to life suitably and appropriately without being attached to anything. So like the arahant is the term for one who's not, not attached to anything. But an arahant isn't kind of an inoperable uh, being that, that is no longer functioning. Or floats up on a cloud, lives on cloud seven. Mm. Non-attachment, mm. uh, emptiness, anatta, non-self. These are realizations of the unconditioned. So the realization is is reality. Reality is here and now. It's not something you create or you get later on. But it, it, the, the awakened the awakened mind that we realize the truth, the reality of the present, of the way it is. The real, though discerning the real from the unreal is panya. And we can do that as human beings. This teaching of the Lord Buddha is very, you know, is very, uh, is aimed at that, a very skillful tool. To, so that it, we have the, we have the uh, perfect tool Whether how we use it or not, it's up to us. Also, to uh, we tend to the self view we have oftentimes is always seeing ourselves 
what's wrong with us in in our uh, in our weaknesses. So we we oftentimes lack a, a confidence in our own experience. A madness is where when you go crazy, when you go mad, when you actually believe the delusions of your mind is reality. They're like psychosis, and that's where you actually totally committed to the to the uh, uh, and totally believe unquestioningly in the in what you're thinking or feeling as reality. They talk to a psychotic person, and and, and uh, you can't convince them otherwise. They're completely convinced of what their paranoia, their view of everything is absolutely true. So there, they have confidence uh, in their delusions. So when I ask you to be confident in yourself, I'm not asking you to be confident with your delusions, but to be confident, to trust yourself in the ability to discern the real from the unreal. So the real isn't isn't uh, my feeling or my my preferences or me what I like and what I think and all that. That's not that's not the reality. The reality the that what I trust is my ability to to be awake and pay attention when I'm in the state of awareness. I'm listening, the soda wanta, the listener. I trust this very much. And that poised state of awareness, intuitive awareness, this the the attentiveness of the mind. I trust that. I don't trust any any opinions and views and because I you can see, you know, how their their condition. So you can be aware of of these views. And I mean, I like this. It shouldn't be like that. And uh, I can still feel emotions and and uh, opinions coming and going, and old habits operating. But no longer do I. Uh, judge them, try to get rid of them, or believe in them. Because the refuge is in the awakeness rather than in some idea about getting rid of things or believing in something. So in the life here, developing life of a samana, uh, you know, it's uh, a simple life. So, you know, and in here in England it is, a, it, it's, not, it's a bit of a, you know, we're on the freaky fringe of this society. We're the oddballs, the misfits, in terms of European civilization. And, uh, but fortunately now, they, they in in England they don't 
they don't persecute religious people anymore. They used to. You go some places, they used to burn witches and and heretics, and that. but they don't do that anymore. So it's, uh, it, it, you know, they kind of leave us alone. And we have our requisites in abundance, and this beautiful temple was built on donations. Just people having faith in us and what we're doing and making a donations to build a temple. That's, this was, uh, you know, all offered uh, for us, for, you know, to, to be a place that that encourages uh, our practice. The traditional form we use, a Theravada form, which is uh, good enough. We gotta, you know, it's a convention that we, we uh, you know, Maybe we don't like everything about it. We don't have to agree with it all or, or, you know, it's not a party line that we're after, but it's basically uh, a, a convention that, that it works all right and, and, uh, and encourages us to practice. So people are always looking for something better, modern, Buddhism or British Buddhism or American Buddhism um, we can always think of you know the opinions about monasticism being no longer uh, useful in modern life and that people have various opinions and views but don't let that intimidate you because the point is uh, that it uh, it does work it's usable <coughs> and it and it gives us something that we can that 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 isn't coming from from our from my view or your view isn't it it's a it's a tradition that has been handed down for two thousand five hundred years so it, it has a kind of a credibility because of its antiquity and it, and it isn't just some new age uh, fad or fashion. But it does have its uh, warts. And problems. But that's alright. Not, we're not asking the convention to be perfect. We're just uh, grateful for the convention we have. That it is as good as it is. This is a more useful attitude than uh, than uh, just uh, thinking that you've always got to wrestle with the convention, make it better and more modern and more with it and more this and that. Uh, because we, we and they're trying to improve it, we end up with maybe a more modern convention, but have missed the point of it and lost the spirit. Uh, in terms of the summoner life, remember it's a it's a, a life based on alms mendicancy. I mean, we're putting ourselves in a 
in the position of dependency on the goodness and kindness of other people. So that's an act of faith. You know, why should anybody bother to feed us or care about us? You know, many, many of us are not even English. And why should they, people in this country, give a hoot? <laughs> and then, uh, but, and, but because people are good, and they recognize the good, it brings out their goodness. Like this, the meal of today, the, all the people that came, the, all those the Sri Lankan people and Thai people that came to uh, give us food. I mean, they, it's, uh, something, it gives them joy. They want to, to provide for us. So we have this this uh, this uh, convention, and then to uh, you know learn how to use it skillfully. So it it awakens you rather than you just become institutionalized through it. Because any convention, you can just become you know you can become a cipher in a system or a party liner, a card carrying Theravadan monk or something like that. You know, uh, it's easy to just fit into the program, go along with the, with the propaganda, with the party line. But that's not what we're after. We're after encouraging this awakenness, this discernment. How to use this convention so that it, that we, we're, it, you know, it helps us to, to be mindful with life, with the things around us. And of course this is what we have to do individually. You can't force somebody to, to do it. This is where you, you know, the wisdom will be your, in your own ability to awaken. You know, I can say wake up, but whether you do it or not, it's up to you. And uh, and then how to use this convention is up to you. You know how to make it work for you, rather than just be caught into the convention, trying to be a good monk and nun and and uh, and um, and. Uh, conform in order to get approval and and to get perks and and all the rest that cause that are the reasons for institutionalizing humanity. Something in I can see in my own experience how how uh, you know I was uh, afraid of taking on the responsibility. I remember in, I could see in myself in in the year, early years in Thailand, just wanting to be told, you know, what should I do next, and what should I believe, and and what's right, and and wanting 
you know, the senior monks, Rajan Chah, or that, to just kind of, uh, you know, just wanting to conform and fit in. And uh, and then that that in one way I think was quite necessary in the beginning, in order to to just learn how to to uh, keep the vinaya and 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 go along in the, and use the tradition. But then, if that's all you do with it, then it, you either end up with just some kind of you know uh, professional monk or nun. That doesn't uh, doesn't uh, develop any wisdom, or you disrobe. You can't stand just conforming to this institution as an end in itself. It's pretty, you know. That's all you do. It's a pretty joyless life if you just just using it as an act of conformity. So, uh, in the awakening, because the emphasis on or awakening the mind, I thought, well, if I'm going to be a monk my whole life, I've got to learn how to live this life so that I enjoy being a monk. I have the experience of joyfulness in this life. And it's a way of living that works and, and uh, that I can uh, develop the, as I get older, it's not just a, a kind of um, initial training camp of some sort, but a way of living, the, the lifestyle, an alternative lifestyle, as they say. And so this is one, one of my, I, I, th I feel very successful in this actually, because uh, the life works for me. So it, uh, it's something that I enjoy. I enjoy monastic life. I have an appreciation of it. And I like the simplicity, the kind of quality of it. And I'm very grateful that I can live like this. <coughs> Uh, at this time, in a country like this, it's kind of when I think of it, it seems extremely strange, you know, to be an American Buddhist monk living in Hertfordshire. <laughs> All the kind of uh, it's so incongruous, <laughs> never anything that one would have expected. <laughs> Or in wildest fantasies to have uh, created, uh, but it's certainly a, an enjoyable life, and the joy comes not through through uh, demanding things of it, but in in learning how to live it, so that you're awake and aware in it. Because the the awakened mind, human mind, is a joyful mind. There's a lot of light and joy. Uh, 
bliss that's natural to the human mind when it's not cluttered and bound into its into the conditioned delusions. As you, as you uh, recognize that and see the the value of letting go of your delusions, then then more and more you you uh, you, you just it becomes you know a. You're, you're one pointer in that, not to, not to let anything delude you. So then, listening to my mind, sometimes I hear, you know, the complaining going on or the criticism going on. But I know, I know those things. I don't believe them anymore. I, but I trust in the the, uh, my my refuge isn't in my emotional habits or my views and opinions or my position or anything like that. I was thinking, telling somebody the other day that you think like being spiritual director or a abbot or an ajahn or a I, I'm a, I have a I have several uh, posh titles given to me, monastic ecclesiastical titles. And, and do these give, you, give me joy, having titles and being a, an important person? I think, no, there's no joy in, the, in any of that. Not the, the, being somebody important or having a, uh, uh, you know, a, some some title or position is not, to me, is not uh, an experience of joy. But the joy of my life comes in the, through the emptiness of the mind, through not being anything, not having to be anything. Uh, just the, the joy of just the, the simplicity, the goodness of the life. The, the gratitude for, for the, the kindness that people have, the gratitude for the shelter, for the night. And, uh, contentment, feeling of contentment. With uh, with with what what I the way life is is in life. They, most of my monastic life is it, because it is based on very simple things. It, I've always it's basically one one uh, feels content with it. If you if you let go of these tendencies to always. Uh, Remember one time, it, I was dry, some, somebody from uh, Bangkok offered to drive me up to uh, Udorn in the northeast in a Mercedes, in, a, in an air-conditioned Mercedes, white Mercedes. I was sitting in this beautiful Mercedes-Benz sedan <laughs> with air conditioning in the hot season in northeast Thailand and. And everything was dried up, and the 
again, on the, looking at these kind of uh, fields, as before the rains and uh, everything's brown and a little kind of uh, bamboo hut out in the fields and and I, and I realized that somehow I, I wouldn't mind, you know, if uh, being in one of those bamboo huts rather than in the Mercedes. That the the contentment of the mind was wasn't dependent upon uh, having uh, a Mercedes air, air conditioned. <laughs> the contentment was was wasn't. Uh, wasn't because of of conditions, but it was as an attitude that one has cultivated over the years as living the life of a samana. So these are the, uh, you know, the, the potential uh, of this life, but also recognize that that the, we're not one in trying to intimidate you, thinking you should be grateful and should be content. Uh, that that is a, that is a, not a, a good thing to to. Uh, trusted people that you should feel this way. But it is a natural way to feel when you let go of your own discontentment and self-obsessions and delusions. So that's why in in uh, Vipassana practice you're, you're looking at the you know, you're, you're, you're not judging yourself by saying you, your discontentment is is wrong or bad. It's just to recognize discontentments like this. It's discerning. When I'm attached, it's like this. It feels like this. When there's attachment to this and that, then it's like this. Non-attachment is like this. This we can actually observe and realize. No. Suffering is like this and non-suffering is like this. And it's through this uh, intuitive awareness that we that we can uh, that we know, the direct knowing. It's not knowing about or having some idea about suffering and non-suffering or contentment and discontentment. It's it's knowing the reality of it. If you're really discontent, miserable, and unhappy, then look at that. It's like what is it? Take an interest in it, understand it, rather than just try to dismiss it or think there's something wrong with you for having it. But the suffering that you do experience is to be understood. So if you're really miserable, unhappy, then, then look at it. Learn from it. Contemplate it, examine it rather than blame it on 
yourself or somebody. So suffering is like this. And as you begin to uh, trust in your ability to understand suffering, you realize non-suffering more and more. You'll know no non-suffering. In Thai they have, a, they say, the one who knows, the puru. Ru is to know in Thai, the puru. The puto, the, the Buddha, the one who knows. The, the one who is awake. Putern, the one who's awake. So knowing, awakeness receptive in the present. These are the qualities of the Buddha. But don't think of these as some, as some abstract Buddha, but this is the, when we, this is within our potential, isn't it, to be awake, to know, be awake, and be receptive in the present. This is not some kind of high, high state that Buddhas have that just somebody ordinary person like you can't do. Isn't it? I used to have awake, awake. What is awakeness? Because I mean, I, I understand awake. Wake up in the morning and uh, awake. But am I really awake? And then, then you've you've got to be mindful and you've got to. Practice hard, and then, but then you're you're attached to these views about you've got to be mindful. So then the awakeness is awareness, isn't it, of that? Remember the 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 you know where you're trying to be mindful. I've got to be mindful. I've got to be mindful. And then you do something really stupid, something really heedless. Because you're attached, you know, you say, mindfulness, mindfulness, and then you're so attached to the view, you you stub your toe or fall off the edge of something. And <laughs> That's not in attaching to a view about being mindful, but it, in, the, in the being aware, just a very simple state of listening. You can't see it, you know, like I'm sitting, I'm aware now. I don't look any different, do I? But I know inwardly it's different, this awakening is different than when I'm caught in oh, worry or memories of the past or fantasies or resentments or fears or blame and things like that. Uh, wake up, wake. It's just a, that, that sense of just listening. It's kind of wide expansiveness of the mind. It's not caught in anything. Simple act, isn't it? Very simple. It's not, not like a great attainment after 32 years of monastic life. 
But to trust in that simple state of awakeness. Because you're, you're emotionally conditioned for delusions. I mean, you just be awake and all that. Well, what do you mean? How does it mean be awake? And you get caught up in trying to figure out how to be awake rather than just being awake. <laughs> so, this more encouragement and uh, for your life here and uh, the, the um, to uh, develop you know you know like a sense of self-respect is to is to begin to appreciate your own goodness that's important in uh, in the holy life it's not building some kind of egotistical overestimation or inflating yourself in the I'm really good wonderful person you don't have to do that in, in you know just to build yourself up with positive thinking but admit what is you know what is what you, if you were a bad person would you be here would you want to be in this place are there any bad people here <laughs> I don't want to come here. This, is, this isn't a place where bad people are attracted. Uh, well, they're good because you're good. <laughs> and and uh, to let that kind of resonate in in your mind, so that you you have this, uh, the, you know, this sense of of respect for for your own goodness for your humanity, for your good intention, for, for your intention for being a, a monk or nun. These are, these are things to respect in yourself rather than to sit around thinking about the mistakes you've made in the past and your weaknesses and, and how you have a problem with jealousy or you have a problem with anger or you, you, you've... Uh, and all that, you know, endlessly kind of uh, become obsessed with the things you you see as inadequate and not very good. Don't make such a, a, a don't make that into what you regard yourself as being, because the the truth of it is those not to deny those those kind of emotions or those kind of habits. But are they really that important? Is it really that bad? <laughs> you know, ask yourself, investigate. So I offer this as a reflection.